Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show sponsored by Unibet. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined just by Andy Holding today as we review the Cheltenham Festival weights that came out this week and also look ahead to this weekend's racing as well. Andy, busy time of year this one. We're into March, not long now, as Ed Quigley would say. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm really um, excited like um, all racing punters are and connections of the horses. Um, I think we just want a smooth passage between now and then. Don't want any of our anti-post bets to go up in uh, smithereens, as sometimes is the case. Um, obviously, we're all looking at the uh, the weather and um, seeing if they're going to get any rain in the next sort of 10 days. doesn't look as though we're going to get too much. Um, which is going to be interesting with the various uh, horses, uh, where they're likely to go, and that'll determine what races they're running. Um, but yeah, I think we've got pretty much a rough idea where we're going to be going in most of the races now. And obviously, we're going to be touching upon the handicaps with the weights being revealed the other day and uh, to try and make sense of them. Yeah, that is the plan uh, in this, one, and that's where we're going to be kicking off. But before we do, a couple of things to mention in relation to our sponsors, uh, Unibet. They have an offer for Ozchecker Betting Show uh, watchers and listeners. Deposit £10 and get money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, uh, plus a £10 casino bonus as well. Terms and conditions do apply, and you can find the link in the description below. That is for new customers only. So deposit 10 get money back up to 40 if it loses for the racing bet, and a £10 casino bonus as well. And also, I mean, there are so many previews coming up in the coming weeks, but there are two I think that we can talk about uh, that really point you towards Andy's on both of them uh, we, next week we'll be recording the odds checker uh, betting show preview uh, with Unibet sponsoring as we do every year and then on Wednesday the 8th of March Unibet are hosting their Cheltenham preview night at 7.30pm it will be live on YouTube as well as Unibet's racing Twitter and Facebook free to air and it'll f- feature Nikki Henderson, Nico de Boinville, Jane Mangan uh, and our very own Andy Holding as well uh, there'll be a limited number of odds boosts on the night too uh, and the chance to submit questions to the panel. Do not miss that one if you are looking forward to uh, the festival in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the weights um, and the, the handicap. You know, we did the Irish angle last week, and you and Johnny both said it was very difficult to put up too many horses in that show uh, until we knew um, the situation with regards to, to what the handicapper had done with certain um, horses within it. Uh, we're going to start with a question where Harry... Um, who slid into my DMs to ask a question, which was very kind of him, uh, said, um, question for Andy for tomorrow's betting show. He mentioned Philly Bay at seven to one for the county hurdle after only being put up four pounds on the back of his win. Sorry, back of his second behind Oak on Risk at Newbury. The handicapper has since reassessed and put him up, put him up a further four pounds. Would he consider that eight pound rise enough to stop him uh, or still very fair, all things considered? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, now, th- this is going to be obviously down to personal choice, really, and how you see three, four pounds here, there, and everywhere. Um, as you know, in competitive races, when there's 20 odd runners, a mistake at a hurdle, a, a jockey um, uh, miscalculation, going on the wrong part of the track, making his manoeuvre too early, making his manoeuvre too late, can be the difference between winning and losing rather than. Um, adjusting for three or four pounds. I mean, I don't think you can put a an amount on how much it takes out of a horse when he makes a bad mistake, uh, for instance. So there's so many different factors. The ground, obviously, on the day, the stable form, that you, you sort of bog yourself down and tie yourself in knots, trying to w- worry about, oh, God, has he got extra three or four pounds too much? 
in the case of Filey Bay, at, at least with the um, introduction of the extra rating that he's got from Newbury, he's got half a chance of actually getting in the race now in the first place, because as it stands at the moment, it's looking like a pretty classy looking county hurdle. Um, I think what we've got here as well is, is, in the, set, is the fact that a lot of the novices uh, either side of Irish Sea, let's take Hunter's Yarn and Pembroke, for instance, they've already, you know, sort of like shown their hand in sort of graded races and they've been talked about a bit about in running in graded races. And there's a hell of a lot of horses, it's like I say, in that category, the path doors of this world, the fill doors of this world. So it, it's, it's, I, I, I think this is a really, really strong renewal of the county hill, potentially. But at least with Farley Bay now, he's, he's earned his right to get in. I think he will get in. He's number 30 currently on the list. Um, if he hadn't gone up extra four, I don't think he'd probably even, you know, get a chance to run. But as it stands, look, he's Betfair hurdle run. I think he's the standout piece of form. Others would argue you could create cases for, for plenty of others as well, including Jim Coco, who uh, perhaps I'll talk about in a second or two. But that that that, say, that second in the Betfair has already been boosted by Rubode. Rubo was it last week who, who won for the Nichols Stem? I think he finished tenth in the in the Betfair. Yeah. He, he, he was well down the pack. So, um, you know, given what Evan Mullins does as well with these handicappers, I think there might be a deal of improvement to come. So, as I said, I thought seven to one was a fair price. He's now looking as though he got off a little bit shorter than that. And, you know, he, he still stands as a, as a reasonably good um, option. Yeah, Filey Bay now uh, five to one uh, with Unibet, who are also going a fifth to five uh, now. And that is the case. Um, for plenty of, of uh, the races over the course of the festival, Unibet are now non on a no bet on all 28 festival races and are extra places for the Ultima, the Boodles, the Coral Cup, the Grand Annual, the Potemps, the Plate, the Kimio, the County Hurdle and the Martin Pipe. So NRNB on all races, meaning if, if they don't run, you get your money back and extra places in all of those races too. So make sure you check that out. Uh, brilliant stuff from them. Um, where, where else do you think the the notable, you know, the headline grabbing um news came from after the weights came out this week any that you were surprised with in a positive sense um well i think the first thing to take out of it is the reaction most of the time from the irish trainers i think in the last sort of 10 years um there's always been some grumblings hasn't it oh mm. why's my horse gone up you know this amount for standing in its box. Why, why does the Irish handicap have it at this? And when it comes over here, they get re, um, treated um, differently. Um, I think that the, the strangest one, uh, or the strangest reaction, would be Gordon Elliott's reaction to his whole team in general. He said he didn't have any complaints, um, which is um, in stark contrast to previous years when he's argued the toss over. You know how much weight Serda Burgi's got to carry in the in the per attempts final, how much weight Delta Works got to carry in the per attempts final? But lo and behold, he's won three of the last five years of the per attempts final, no matter what the handicap has done. And I think that probably says as much of how he feels the chances are of Maxim than than I think any of his other entries at, at the Cheltenham Festival, because he absolutely made mincemeat of a very very competitive field in the, in the defining uh, qualifier. Uh, for the Pertens final, I think the last four or five years, the winner has come from that uh, particular race, including a lot of Gordons. And Maxim won it, and not only did he win it, he won by sort of 20 lengths, pulling a cart. In turn, he clocked a very fast time, a time 
in comparison to Home by the Lee, won the Grade One on the same card. So you could argue that Maxim should be in the status hurdle based on just pure numbers. He was then bumped up to 138. Now, rather surprisingly, Gordon then ran him in a similar similar race um, at Leopardstown at the DRF. Almost like, well, why did you need to run him? Um, he got hampered, didn't get the clearest of runs, and then just finished sort of mid-division under a hands-and-heels ride. It was almost an exercise and just sort of going through the motions, really. Um, now, off the back of that, you'd say, well, how could the handicapper possibly adjust him from 138, which he was going into that, to now 145? That seems a bit criminal, to be honest, given that he got well beat by Percival de Gawa. But I think the handicappers took a view that he needed to um, take that first victory at face value and, and not prevent him to be made to look a bit of a laughing stock. And I said that Gordon hasn't come out in the press to say that he, he might internally be a little, bit, a little bit disgruntled, but he hasn't made any any bones of it or meal of it. So I think he might even be happy with one four five. He's 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 probably thinking, well, it doesn't matter what you give him, this also still win. So that was my kind of like initial reaction coming coming from that the fact that he's quite happy with Maxim's um, subsequent seemingly harsh rise to one four five. It, it probably won't make that much difference. Like it hasn't. Um, with all those all the horses that Gordon's won with. Yeah, Maxim currently seven to one. The Potemus, one of those races we mentioned, we're now an extra play. So seven to one, that's best price out there too. Uh, a fifth to five for Maxim. Um, Andy, any others? Uh, one more that, that caught your eye? Um, yeah, there's, there's several really. I, I mean, I've, I've always been a big, big fan of the, the juveniles um, and the Boodles is always a, an intriguing race for me to sort of work out. Um, I think it's going to be quite a compact handicap. So again, I don't think you're looking at, oh, you know, this can't win because he's got two or three pound more here than everywhere. I think what you mm. need to look at in, in in these, when you've got small sample sizes, is what kind of horse you're dealing with. Is the horse that you're going to be selecting, um, is, he, is, he, is he physically tough? Is he mentally tough? Has he got the right kind of attitude to cope with, you know, the hustle and bustle of a 20, 25 run a handicap around Cheltenham? Um, I'm not necessarily a massive advocate of, of Takeo fitting into that category. He's just looked a little bit of a weak finish on a couple of occasions. Now, I know he has been taking on sort of graded horses, so that might not necessarily carry, carry a great deal of weight. But like I said, my, my gut feeling with him and my impression I've made of him, would I trust him to sort of come up the Cheltenham Hill? Particularly, you know, given that he's a short price, possibly not. I, I quite like Charles Burns' horse, a biker who's currently second favourite. Hey, look at him, he's a big, robust slab of a horse that uh, can certainly hand, hand himself in a, in a dark alley. Um, and I noticed that he ran in the very same race that three of the last four winners of the Boodles running, ordinarily you'd want to be on the winner. Um, mm. I think Band of Outlaws was the first to fly the flag for that race. Last year's winner, who beat Gailey Warrior, he uh, won the uh, the nice um, race. And this year, Sir Allen uh, won it. Andrew Slattery's horse, but I've watched that video back several times and I still, to my opinion, think Biker was the best horse in the race. He he wasn't given a hard time once his jockey realised he, he he probably wasn't going to get to the first day, but he, he ran on very strongly up the running, under a tender ride, um, and I think he's come out of it quite well treated. So I've, I've managed to sort of whittle it down to two or three in that race, but my number one would be, would be Biker. I just like his profile. Biker seven to one with Unibet uh, as it stands at the moment to KL. I mean, I, I, the, my next question, Andy, is: Is you have a couple 
of negatives off the back of the news this week. I'm guessing Takao is one of them. You mentioned that as well uh, with Johnny last week. Um, any others that you you know you would advise? Maybe single figure prices that you'd advise punters to to swerve. Well, I, I think there's a few that have been harshly done by. Um, she wears it well. Has gone up quite markedly. Um, that maybe stop her running the per attempt. They might have to go down the, the mayor's route with her. Um, it's interesting that uh, JP McManus has put two uh, of seemingly his best novices in the uh, grand annual. Uh, they haven't got much mileage on the clock um, uh, in the name of uh, uh, St. Roy or St. Roy and Dino Blue. Uh, now, Dino Blue ties in with some of the best Irish mares this season. She got beat by Magic Days last time out at uh, Nace. And um, was also being by impervious the time before at Cork. But if you remember, cast your mind back to last year, George, he was sent off 11 away favourite, believe it or not, off the back of a maiden win at Clonmel to win the mayor's hurdle last year. And unfortunately, mm. she fluffed the lines. But she definitely looks a better uh, mare this season so far and a bit more reliable since they've sent her over fences. And she's only been given 140, which if you consider... She's been running against 150-rated horses. She's not badly treated. In contrast, St. Roy, or St. Wah, um, who won CT Rider at the, D, the Dublin Racing Festival, has got a mark of 153, which it looks pretty severe. And I think that, you know, connections might look at that and think, well, are we better off going down the Arca route with him? Don't forget he won the Irish, um, or the, the, the race before the Irish Arca at the, the, the Leopard Sound the time before. So it'll be interesting to see which way Willie Mullins goes there with either Dino Blue or St. Roy. I don't think he'll run both of them, but off the, off the handicap ratings that we've seen, I think there's no doubt in my mind that Dino Blue has definitely come out the best. <clears throat> Dino Blue there for the grand annual, just trying to get a price. Now is, uh, yeah, six to one with Unibet, Dino Blue. Uh, and St. Roy is uh, is nine to one, uh, those two Willie Mullins horses in the grand annual. Um, anything else to add off the, off the back of that, Andy, before we move on to this weekend's yeah. race? Just one more handicap, which I, I don't mind talking about, is the the uh, Martin Piper going to another race, which takes a little bit of imagination. Um, don't think it's an easy race to decipher at, at all. Um, but it's it's always a race that I think Gordon Elliott and Willie Mullins have targeted with some of their better horses, particularly Gigginstown. I think any horse that Gigginstown run in this race has by and large run well or won over the years. Sir Deschamps, um, um, Don Poley or Don Slowly as they used to call him he, he won it several <laughs> years ago um, I think they've had four winners out of sort of like in the, in the last 12 years Gigginstown they might have they might have won it a, a few years ago when a horse fell at the last comment its name now but they might have made that five and I thought it was very interesting that both Cool Survivor and Favriere Deschamps do both got entries in the Martin Pipe um, but they're also both entered to, to run in the Albert Barney now I'm pretty sure that he won't run both. He'll run one in the mm. one and one in the other. And I've got a sneaky feeling it might well be Kill Survivor that ends up flying the flag for Giggins down here. And Favorite de Chondo goes down the Albert Bartlett route. That would be my take on it anyway. They've both been given similar marks, 140, 141. So pays your money, takes your ch- choice, as it were. They've both been assessed accordingly. But they're, they're both running, you know, hot gravy races over in Ireland and, and they stay really well and they come out well on the figures. So, um, I think it's an either-or out of them two, but like I say, I've got a sneaky feeling. Cool survivor, judged on Gordon Elliott's sort of comments in the in the in the press clippings this week. That that's that'll be his representative in in the final race of the uh, festival. 
Cool Survivor, eight to one best price. That's the best price anywhere. And with Unibet as well. Remember those extra places too. So um, yeah, there we get Andy's first reaction off the back of the weights out this week for the Cheltenham Festival. You can also hear Andy's thoughts on all the races, both on the Odds Checker Betting Show preview that will be out next week on all these channels as per usual. And also uh, on Wednesday evening at 7.30 on all Unibet's channels, you can see their preview uh, where Andy will be sitting alongside Nicky Henderson, Nico de Boinville and Jane Mangan for that one. Do not miss it. Um, we've got some some OK racing this weekend, Andy. I mean, it's it's yeah. not. It's not classic stuff, but Kelso uh, at Newbury at Donny, um, some decent stuff on Saturday. Uh, unlike usual, we're not going to go through race by race because we've done, you know, half the show on Cheltenham. Just going to ask you for, for two or three selections for the weekend for people to keep an eye on. Yeah, we'll start at Kelso. Um, I think we need to focus on the more battle hurdle, probably the most competitive race over the weekend. Mm-hmm. 16 runners set to go to post. I'm sure most firms will be betting five places, um, which gives you a little bit of scope. I'm quite surprised that there's been a massive, massive clamour to back McTeague. I think this is very much a connections um, price rather than actually what he's done on the racetrack. Obviously, Edmund Mullins, Paul, Paul Byrne, been in the headlines recently. Uh, Biden is selling the right horses. Obviously, Corbett's Cross was a high-profile winner for them last week and looks set to go to Cheltenham. Um, and McTeague, um, obviously, bookmakers are very keen to swerve him because the shunter landed a, an almighty gamble in this race a few years ago before going on to win the plate at the festival. And Got a nice little juicy bonus for, for the owners if he needed any more money. Um, but McTeague, he's been a bit disappointed on his last two starts. I think he's been sort of partly um, rated on his grade two win early on the season, but I don't think that accounted for a great deal. I think when you've got a juvenile early on the year, they're by and large usually taking on pretty weak sort of summer jumping fodder. Um, and they get found out when they take on the big boys in the middle of winter. That'd be my take on McTeague. He's got a mark of 142. Now, when you consider that Takeo's got a mark of 135, and he's top-rated in the Boodles. It, like I say, it puts into perspective mm. what, what, what this fellow has achieved. Now, he was miles beyond Lossiemouth um, when, when, he, when he, I think he was 60-odd, 70-odd lengths behind Lossiemouth when they last met. So, on a line through in Lossiemouth, Takeo's a better horse than McTeague, and yet the handicapper thinks there's a £7 difference in the favour of McTeague, which doesn't really make any sense to me. So, I'd probably take McTeague on in, in that more battle and go for Teddy Blue, who's rated 130, which I think is more than workable. I actually think he's been dropped since he got beaten in the Betfair the other day. As I said, the, uh, the form of that race has worked out well already. We've only had a very small sample size, but uh, Rubo, who finished down the field, he bolted up last week in a grady race. He won the Dovecot, didn't he, for Nichols last mm. week. Very strong form. He couldn't cope with the front two, but I think they were obviously cut above on the day. And given the way that the race panned out, it was easy to uh, not be suited by the track bias, but he's a keen goer. He, he he travels well in his races. He always gives himself every chance, and by and large, he's been a fairly consistent horse throughout the season. So, was it found about six to one, Teddy Blue? Six, six uh, to one with Unibet, yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair shout. I think he'll be there or thereabouts anyway. Teddy Blue six to one. That again, best price out there on odds checker for Unibet. Uh, six to one, a fifth of five. That is the 150 at Kelso on Saturday, the more battle hurdle. Um, where else are we going next? Yeah, into the next race, the grade two. Um, probably a slight substandard grade two, in all fairness. Uh, no Cheltenham horses in inverted commas, but it gives them a good opportunity for those of a slightly less um, uh, sort of uh, a fanciful ability-wise to have a crack at this. Um, interesting that Farinley, uh, uh, again, another Emmett Mullins horse, Paul Byrne, owned horse, his favourite. He was third in a good bumper at the DRF last time out. 
uh, of which the winner of that race, I think he's second favourite to win at Cheltenham. He's a lovely horse as well. I think that they think quite a bit of him. Um, he's going to be a chaser further down the line. Whether I'd want to take five to two against probably a little bit more experienced horses. Don't forget this is his first hurdle race in public. He's having to question. Um, I'd, I'd sooner rather get with the Tolworth form uh, represented by Namian Line and uh, Colonel Harry. Don't think it's a great team to, to choose between the two. Colonel Harry subsequently gone on to win next time out. Uh, and I do like his attitude, Colonel Harry. I think around about eight to one, he'd, he'd be certainly in better territory for me. And then on to mention as well, his course regular uh, Karaki Castle uh, represents the North, uh, trained by Sandy Thompson. He's won here twice this season. Uh, he loaded the colours of a horse who goes around, around the track called Trap Lane Law last time out in a good time figure. Uh, and again, I just like his attitude. I do think that if ever sort of like the locals and the northern-based horses are ever going to beat the southern counterparts. It's at a track like this where you've got a horse like Karaki Castle who knows his way around the borders venue. A lot of these mm. horses, this will be the first time that they've travelled this far, run at a track like this. So I do think Karaki Castle, I think I've seen 16 to 1 for him. Um, it, is that right, George? Is it about 16 to 1? Yeah, so the currently uh, 16 to 1 best price. Unibet not out yet. Um, right. So SP only bet but but we'll see when they come out must be fairly soon yeah those those would be my sort of early thoughts against the field colonel harry and, and karaki castle um the next race i'll be quite keen on santos blue um he ran against the trap bias last time out at chepstow clocked a good number his sectionals were good like the way he hit the line um i'll be looking to get with him whatever price he is i think he'd be i think he's been in an in and around the 72 4 to 1 mark anti-post which, which race is this the very next race, the three o'clock, Santos yeah. Blue. Yeah, Santos Blue. Uh, put in first at six to one again. Unibet not out, but six to one early prices. Okay, yeah, that's not bad, Chad. Bigger than I thought he would be. Um, and then the big news story really coming out of the 3.30 is not necessarily from what's running, but what's not running. Mm. Um, we've got Zanza who lines up here, and he's forfeiting running at his local track and taking on Paint the Dream. There was a big sort of like headline in the Racing Post, uh, the big sort of duke out between Paint the Dream, who's three for three of the track, against Zanza, who's four for five of the track. Mm. But Zanza's coming here instead, uh, which is a little bit odd in, in some respects. But other than Lemilos, he seems to have missed out all the big, big guns. But the big one that's missing is Sands Russian. Yeah. Which is really, really good for, from my perspective because I backed him for the Gold Cup. So that means that they're, they're forfeiting the chance to race for uh, a prize fund of 34 grand on home soil, having already won at Kelso, to have a crack at the Gold Cup. So all bets are still on for, the, for um, Ruth Jefferson's charge when it comes to the blue, blue ribbon in another 10 days' time. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased see. about that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was fearing the worst when I saw him line up. I thought, oh, they're bound to go for the easy option, but... Fair play to them. They're having a crack at the Gold Cup. And as I said before, plenty of previews that we've done, George, I don't think Sands Russian is as big an outsider as what the market suggests. I think he's going to be a big player in the Gold Cup. There you have it. A Gold Cup tip in whilst reviewing a uh, listed race at Kelso on Saturday. Only Andy could do that. Um, <laughs> Andy, anything else to add uh, in terms of the racing over the weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll now touch upon that newbie race, which I mentioned. Um, fortunately, we haven't got the sort of big clash between the two. It doesn't look like it anyway. Um, because Zanza declared to run at uh, Kelso as well. I presume because they've left him in at Kelso that that's the way they're going to go. I don't see any other other way of thinking really. 
that should really, in theory, lead the way for Paint the Dream to um, take charge of that, even though he's got the steady of 12 stone. He absolutely doors it around the Berkshire venue, jumps well, good ground suits him. Um, and, and this is his gold cup, really, to be honest. It's worth a few quid as well, 34 grand to that to the winner of that race. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be posing Paint the Dream in a rush there. Yeah, Paint the Dream, 11 of four now, but obviously after final decks, um, if Zanza does come out, there'll be a, a heavy rule four there. So so don't think you'll be getting that 11 to four, but that's with Unibet. Um, so there you have it, a, a you know a review of of uh, what we saw in the weights over the course of the week, uh, and then a little preview ahead of this weekend, uh, something for, the, for those who will be glued to the TV on Saturday, both at Kelso and at Newbury, unless anything else to add, Andy? No, I think that's it. Um... I've been through most of the races I've got a half an opinion on. Um, mm. Still got a few up my sleeve for the handicaps. Got to uh, save those. Well, there's a couple in the car. I've, 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 I've got one for the Cold Cup. I think there's an interesting runner in the, in the, uh, the Ultima, um, a race that often goes the way of second season novices. Um, but I think I've laid my cards on the table with most of them. I've backed Filey Bay. The other one I didn't mention was Jim Coco. I, I, I said I'd throw a line on yeah. him. Yeah, I've, I've had a few come on Jim Coker because he chased home I Like to Move It in the Greatwood. Mm. Um, and I don't think his handicap mark has been adjusted too much. He could have easily gone up retrospectively, but um, he hasn't. So I think Harry Fry at least has got on the right side, side of the handicap there with Jim Coco. Jim Coco, I will give you a price there for Harry Fry in the county hurdle. Uh, we've got Jim Coco at... Uh, eight to one with Unibet um, is Jin Coco. Yeah. Um, but thank you very much to Unibet as ever for sponsoring the Odds Checker Betting Show. Uh, thanks to Andy for taking the time to speak to us. You can see Andy uh, on the Unibet preview uh, next week, Wednesday the eighth of March, seven thirty, on YouTube, on Unibet's Racing Twitter and Facebook live, free to air with Nikki Anderson, Nico de Boinville, Jane Mangan, and Andy himself. We'll be back next week with Ed Quigley and Danny Archer and Andy live, well not live, recorded from the Odds Checker offices as we always do, going through every single race of the festival. Always a brilliant day that. And remember that Unibet are now non-runner no bet on all 23 Cheltenham Festival races, uh, extra places on the day for the Ultima, um, the uh, Boodles, the Coral Cup, the Grand Annual, the Potemps, the Plate, the Kim Muir, the County Hurdle and the Martin Pipe. And a final shout out for that offer as well for new customers at Unibet, Deposit 10, Get your money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus. T's and C's apply. Find the link in the description below. Thank you very much for taking the time to watch or listen to this. We'll be back next week for the big one. In the meantime, enjoy the racing and please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.